0: You're listening to the YWAM Nashville podcast. My name's Cody. My name is Michael, and we'll be your hosts
1: for this season.
2: Bob Saget. Bob Saget. <laughs> Clap for Bob Saget. Hey, millions of listeners out there, welcome to episode 10. What's up, guys? Of hey. YWAM Nashville Podcast. Oh, yeah. I probably pronounced that P a little harder than necessary. <laughs> That's okay.
0: You got your hosts here, Michael and Cody. And today we have special guest, Michael
1: Lindbergh. Oh, hey. How you doing, sir? I'm so glad to be here. I'm a huge fan of the podcast, guys. I just... Oh. Wanna thank you for honor. having me. I'm I'm honored to be a guest. It's great. It's good to welcome, have you. Welcome,
2: welcome. I've been working really hard at making this episode
0: the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we just wanted to give a little background to Michael since you guys have absolutely never met him before. Um <laughs> he's been a part of YWAM for five years. Yeah. Okay. And um
2: <laughs> just five years. High five on that <laughs> High five <laughs> I know you guys can't see where you're listening from But we just high fived through the air Yep, it was <laughs> glorious
0: And he's married to his wife Alina Beautiful wife Alina He's actually my second cousin
2: <laughs> Oh yeah
0: And yeah, he has a passion for but
2: she's not your second cousin
1: is No, you?
0: well, she's my second cousin-in-law
2: Yeah, I mean No, second Michael
1: Oh, but no, no, no Because no. that would be awkward No, yeah, just that'd be weird slightly Just a little bit. I did almost date her second cousin. Yeah. But never mind. (laughs) But we won't get into that. (laughs) Delete this part, please. (laughs) Another time, another time,
2: (laughs) another time.
0: (laughs) Yep, and he's all about intimacy with the Lord, and um, he's also walked through a season of struggling with deconstruction, which we'll get into in a bit, but he's really passionate about helping people. To navigate that.
2: Wait, wait. I have a dad joke. In a healthy way. Oh, wow. To share (laughs) prematurely. All right. You said he's been working on premature detonation. No, no. You said something about deconstruction, but I have a joke about construction. All right. Oh, man. I just haven't got it all figured out yet. He's still working on it.
0: (laughs) 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 He's still working on it. That's (laughs)
1: it. Oh. I was
2: like, yeah, and yeah. Oh, man. Thanks for helping me finish that joke. There
0: it is. You bet. There it is.
2: People uh, are still wondering when the punchline's <laughs> coming. <laughs> yeah.
0: They're <laughs> like, any second now. <laughs> so, things are uh, a little crazy. We're doing like two episodes a week and having to like leave for a week for various things. So, anyways, long story short, we just recorded episode nine yesterday and we don't really have any new news for you. Yeah. So, instead... We're going to go with our backup plan, where we occasionally will showcase a YWAM value in place of our current events, which we probably just rename, like, semi-current events (laughs) or current events two weeks ago. Well, in a podcast, (laughs) they won't be current if somebody (laughs) listens to it a year from now anyways.
2: Yeah, that's true. Well, it would still be current for that episode, so...
0: Yeah. But anyways, we wanted to do... uh, So, YWAM value number three is... Hear God's voice. So take that away, Mr. Co host, sir. Or, yeah. Well,
2: <laughs> you did email me something that has the official description. All right. YWAM value number three, hear God's voice. YWAM is committed to creating with God through listening to Him, praying His prayers, and obeying His commands. In matters great and small, we are dependent upon hearing his voice as individuals, together in team context and in larger corporate gatherings, as an integral part of our process for decision making. Woo! So good. So, what does all that mean? Well, in summation. Break it, it down means now. means just what it said. <laughs> <laughs> that, and it said what it meant. Well, I mean, there's uh, lots of even Christians out there in the world that are naysayers. <laughs> say nay. They, they would say nay, <laughs> not knee, but <laughs> nay, to uh, the idea of God still speaking today. They, yeah. Some, I don't know what those people would be called. I'm not just sure. naysayers. We'll just call them <laughs> naysayers. But um, they would say that God stopped speaking like with the scriptures. When the Bible was bound. Yeah. So was God. When the first <laughs> stitch, the last of the first, anyways. Um, but this morning I was reading in Hebrews, and it says in there, it was talking, I think, in Hebrews 3, I believe, maybe 4, because I know it talks about rest, but it was talking about that the Hebrews did not enter God's rest because they didn't hear his voice. Mm. And it says. See to it that you do not refuse him who is speaking today. Yeah. And I was like, how do you confuse today with any other time? Yeah. Like
0: Well, you could argue they were saying literally that in that day. moment. Yeah. yeah. But
1: but I don't know why that would ever change. Like why would you? Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you. I'm yeah. just saying. But like God's character was like speaking throughout since like creation. Into Jesus' time, I don't, I can't think of any verses that would be like, "All right, God's just done speaking now."
2: Yeah, and I think I looked up the tense on that at one point and can't remember all the details, but it was something like a, pro- a progressive tense, like him who, like now and going forward, kind he, of he who is s- s- speaking and will continue to speak, yeah. something hmm. like a present progressive tense, I think yeah yeah sounds right i I should have (laughs) studied hebrew literature more (laughs) (laughs) as should we all (laughs) or greek or whatever so that's something that we definitely value um in youth with a mission is like anytime i've questioned like some sort of rule or policy that's been put in place i'm like why do we do this it usually comes down to the fact that oh we prayed about it and felt like god said this is what you're supposed to do and so now we do that and i'm like oh good answer good answer yeah no further questions yeah (laughs) um and so that's something that we honestly value a lot and sometimes it can get a little bit annoying because sometimes you can feel like you have the right answer to what you need to do and Someone's like maybe we should pray about that And you're like I just want to go You think I'm incompetent Yeah, (laughs) But it's so important And I've heard God speak On so many various things That I would have in my own common sense Declared this is the way we should This is the way we should go And God says no I think you should march around the walls Seven times and on the seventh time Blow a trumpet (laughs) and shout Of course (laughs) And then this shall be your battle strategy, and you will take the town. And it's like, huh, that doesn't sound very wise, but we shall do it. And what do you know?
1: Literally, Jericho's
2: walls come down. Point being, it looks stupid and
0: pointless to us. So you can't just go on what's wise is God's voice. Yeah. You need to ask God and then. It usually is wise when he speaks to you it It always is wise when he speaks to you, but you know occasionally you can miss here because you think it's just wisdom i don't know
1: but i I think it's funny that this is uh like what we're talking about then given the topic of oh yeah, today's stuff just i feel like it fits it's together true. it'll fit right in later but couldn't first couldn't have made that happen myself today.
2: Dad da, 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 jokes. Oh, color- oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll go first because Michael Mack looked confused and uh, on the spot, so he's getting his phone ready. But um, <laughs> so did you guys know robots eat guacamole? Do you know? No, I didn't know that. This is
2: already funny though. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do you know how robots eat guacamole? You had me at fat pumpkin. Hello.
2: With their robotic hands. <laughs>
0: With computer chips. <laughs> <laughs> you,
1: sir. Gotcha.
2: All right, I got one that's cutting edge. Are you ready for All it? All right, yeah. here we go. Like wham? <laughs> Why can't you hear a psychiatrist using the bathroom? I don't know. Why are you listening to a psychiatrist <laughs> using the bathroom? <laughs> that's beyond the point, sir. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to ask the question again. Okay, why can't you hear a psychiatrist <laughs> using the bathroom? I don't know why. Because the P is silent. Oh, oh snap. <laughs> that was oh, good. Man, there it is. Cutting edge. See <laughs> <you>? There <laughs> it is.
0: Well, wow. You you probably belong in there if you're obsessive compulsively listening for people using the bathroom. <laughs> I got I got one more. Yeah. Okay. All right, do it.
2: What do you call an elephant that doesn't matter? What? An irrelevant. <laughs> 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 oh, man. You're too good. Oh, Gotta stop. Great. Go wow. stop.
0: Eat your heart out, Brent. Eat your heart out. We need the rest of the episode to ponder on those and
2: <laughs> digest the greatness. Don't ponder too much about the psychiatrist one, though.
0: <laughs> All right. You want to introduce our topic today? Mr. Co-host, sir.
2: I would love to introduce the topic. Mr.
0: Co-host, who has always been the co-host. <laughs> <sir>. <laughs>
2: Today's topic is... One note. Deconstruction. And so we've <laughs> brought in an expert. <laughs> Not really. But <laughs> someone who's, real. who's been through life and has been through some processes with deconstruction Ooh. so um michael lindberg
1: lindberg it's french now yes <laughs>
2: it is. it's always been <laughs> except for the time that it's scottish it's
1: actually swedish
2: and swedish the origination of it <laughs> <laughs> but anyways michael lindberg is going to talk with us about deconstruction so a hey. Do we have questions or does he just take it away? I would like to also have questions. I would also like on the front side
1: disclaimer to say that, I don't know, like it's all kind of relative to like, I mean, as far as what I'm sharing will be relative to like my own experience and not like super conclusive. Like
2: this is all that there is possibly to deconstruction and what somebody might be going through, you know, all so. right, so to kick us off, why don't you just give us a description of what it even what deconstruction even means?
1: Yeah, so deconstruction uh, obviously is like its own word. But typically, in today's age, when you hear it, you're talking about somebody going through what's called like a spiritual deconstruction. And that, I mean, that could, again, that's a very vague thing and could apply to a bajillion different things. Um, but typically what we like whenever you hear that in our culture in our context you're referring to somebody who was um christian and held to like the christian belief system and then is like kind of having a breakdown of a lot of things that they once held as truths um and they're kind of doubting a lot and questioning a lot of things and kind of rethinking their belief structure as far as i don't know all the things that christianity talks about like talks about and influences, which is most things. So wouldn't you just,
0: is that like the same as just straight up walking away from the faith
1: or is there a difference? I mean, kind of, it kind of depends on your reasoning, but typically it's been a big thing in today's age and it tends to be more on like, uh, it, we kind of have focused more in on the journey of that rather than being like somebody walked away from the faith. It's more on like, What did that look like and how did that actually progress? And it's been a big thing in today's culture that has been happening. And so people have been sharing a lot more like personal details as far as how their journey goes um, and what that looks like for them personally. And and people are finding that there's a lot of relatability within that um, versus like kind of a general like writing off like, oh, someone just walked away from Jesus. So like in a sense, it's the same thing, but it's like a little more in depth typically whenever somebody's talking about it. You know, so it's more of like a personal story that you would get if you like, like if you see a podcast that says something about deconstruction or something, then it's probably going to be like a personal journey of somebody like walking away from the faith and or whatever, you know?
2: Yeah. So does this deconstruction topic have to do more with someone that is like grown up in the church, grown up with religious understanding, and then they b- begin to question that? And it all goes downhill kind of from
1: there feel or. I think typically it's typically like you'll find. So there's this thing called fundamentalism Uh that is like you hold on to these fundamental truths. um, Or there's there's like kind of generally stated like you're a Christian, for instance, you're a Christian. And so you believe X, Y and Z. And that's like an agreed upon thing. You don't really question it. And so you would call that fundamentalism. And so people who are fundamentalist tend to be the people who have been raised their whole life and they've been told this certain narrative. Um, And so that tends to be the people that it is. But like I myself wasn't necessarily super specifically raised in within a Christian context, like kind of had that leaning because my mom kind of was. But um, so but it wasn't like I didn't go to church growing up very much. Not until, like high school did I really get into it, um, but yeah, so it not it, not necessarily, but typically that's how it goes, and it's more has to do with our culture coming from like kind of coming out of like a Christian era where like everybody went to church, and if you didn't go to church, then like that was kind of weird, um, you know, so it's it's more coming out of the cultural context and like quote unquote a post- Christian. You know culture so
0: well since you've said post-christian now could you just define that for (laughs) us briefly
1: yeah so i mean that dives into a whole deep like philosophical progression of culture uh which i recommend escape from reason by francis schaefer if you're interested in such things it was good it's a little heady but it's good yeah um as you i feel like would need to be if you were getting into such things yeah but anyways it has more to do with like the culture kind of coming out of um like being influenced by christian christianity in general um like a lot of there was a lot of rhetoric of like christian morals and things that was used in like the forming of the country and like a lot of our original documents and then kind of used to like form the culture as we went especially out of having the first great awakening which came right after the revolutionary war i believe and then the second great awakening and they kind of like rose up the general like religious state and i say religious as in a general thing not how we necessarily use it today but um like there was a general rise in like people going to church and people like reading their bibles and doing all the things and so there was a general like philosophical progression of christianity that was influencing culture Uh and you didn't stray too far from that but as we go we're finding that we're moving further and further outside of that and so to where it's a little more widely accepted now that like you know we don't necessarily adhere to like biblical morals or anything as a culture not as Yeah, as, as a, a culture not as a church. Yeah, the church is always kind of in its own little bubble, so. And these uh, it's hard cuz these things like touch on so many like deeper generalized things, you know, that it it's hard to like define all of the things.
0: Yeah. Those are a few that I hear pretty commonly Mm when we talk about deconstruction though. So I figured it might be important. Yeah, for sure. But all right. So you were telling us at the beginning that a lot of what you're saying is kind of through the lens of your own personal experience, which is the case for most things in general. But, (laughs) um, that being said, could you share with us about your personal experience and what was helpful for you? And what was not helpful for you in walking through the topic of deconstruction and like, kind of, having deconstructed your own
2: faith and then building it back up?
1: Yeah, you
0: just walk us through that
2: process. Yeah. With that question, did you know that that's what you were doing, or was yes, it all natural good. and you were like, "Oh, this is what has happened"?
1: Uh, I did know that's what I was doing. Um, did I did because. Um, the whole thing that started me on a lot of it was actually listening to people who were also on that journey and they'd kind of already come up with this language for it. And then, yeah, I kind of, I was intrigued by a lot of their ideas. And so I kind of like just took it on myself. Um, so to get to the general kind of testimony of it, I guess I I have to like backtrack and say, kind of give like the foundation for why. I considered myself a Christian in the first place, and so when I was like fourth to sixth grade, I went to a Baptist private school, um, and like accepted Jesus there. He's and making I, air quotes, with yeah, there was air quotes there, and uh, <laughs> I I can't even say I remember exactly what that meant, but the air I air
2: quotes were accept around accepted or
1: yeah, accepting Jesus. Okay, like, but I I that wasn't explained in any kind of like. Larger context outside of like. Hey Jesus is pretty cool. You should ask him to forgive your sins. Like. I And there's, there's just so much more to the gospel than that. But anyways we'll get to that later. Uh, so. I accepted Jesus in quotes. Uh, and then. Kind of like. I, I did read my bible a lot actually. In, at that time they gave me like a. Like a kid's bible. It was like a full on bible. But it was like a NIV like easy read version. And uh, yeah, so anyways, I like just was reading a lot of the Bible and just like really loving it, honestly, and considered myself a Christian on through life in general, Um, even though like my family didn't go to church, really. We even at that time, they didn't go to church, um, but like maybe a handful of times my entire childhood that I remember. So there wasn't really this whole huge foundation outside of like, I don't know, I just liked the idea of God and kind of stuck with that. And then at high school, my friend invited me to youth group. Uh, and so I went and, I don't know, just found a community of people. And I think this is a key thing. But I found a community of people that, like, really accepted me with some of the, like, kind of quirks that I had growing up. Um, like, I had trichotillomania and I pulled my hair out. And so that was kind of this whole, like, being ostr- ostracized from that, like, in school and different things. And so I came to this place and made friends that, like, didn't seem to care about that and they were like just a really good community um so i went to youth group and stuff and within that started learning all these things that i was supposed to believe as a christian mm-hmm. um and you know we would we'd read through the bible and uh different things and it'd be like oh you sh- you know you shouldn't have sex you should believe this that i don't know just all the kind of like doctrinal things that we hear um
0: eat your prepackaged
1: Jesus three times a day <laughs> yeah <laughs> and whenever you're feeling sad yeah and so that was kind of happening but on the side i was still like doing all these things that weren't great and so like i didn't have much of a personal relationship with jesus it was just like a it was just like a try not to do these specific bad things you know and then i end up in this kind of depressed place um being like into self harm and like cutting and stuff and then having lots of suicidal thoughts and even like playing with different things like like I held a loaded gun to my head once upon a time and was like, Oh, I could just do this. And like, I don't know, it, like was just in that head space a lot. Um, and then it kind of all came to this point where I like, I was just like, Oh man, I'm like, I just can't do this anymore. Like, I feel like I'm pretending and like all of this, this other different kind of messy stuff happened, uh, relationally with people. And, um, Yeah. So anyways, it all kind of came to a head this one night and I was just like, Lord, if you're there, like I need you and I'm tired of like doing this by myself. Like I'm literally like whatever you want, if you're there, like I can't keep going forward um, on my own. And and then I heard like what I'm pretty sure is the audible voice of God. Granted, nobody else was there to like reference, but there like was a voice that came and spoke to me and was like, Michael, like i have been here the whole time and i love you and like just had this back and forth dialogue that was so real that i like it's insane it was crazy to me that you could have such an encounter so anyways after that long emotional conversation with the lord i was like i'm sold out like whatever you want just tell me i will go anywhere i will do anything like there was like this initial point of surrender and as i kind of was talking to people um like, nobody else had a reference for this whole whole thing. Um, and so, kind of, yeah, so, a while, maybe, like, within the next week, um, a friend came back from YWAM, actually. He did his DTS in, I believe, Cimarron, Denver. Or, I mean, Cimarron, Colorado. Um, and he, like, related some experiences that were very similar. And I was like this is it like this is the thing and he like i could see even in him like in talking to him and slash seeing him sharing like that he was frustrated that people weren't getting this and i was like oh i relate to this like i know like i've had a similar encounter and so i talked to him and he was like dude you should go to YWM. like it's insane it's gonna blow your mind like you'll have more of these experiences like it's gonna be great basically and so i went um same came yeah i guess came here <laughs> uh And this is like 2000 fall, 2012. So I came here and like, I just found a a hope in Jesus. And there was like this, this greater sense of, of like what the Lord wanted to do. It wasn't just this minuscule, like, all right, just try to be a good person. There was like this, just greater sense of you being a part of a bigger thing and Jesus having dreams for your life. Yeah. Um, and in that I really did find like a personal intimacy with Jesus, Um, and I was like talking to the Lord all the time and like, he was talking to me and it like blew my mind that the creator of the universe wanted to like converse with me about like normal life things. And so, so that was really great. And then after that, after my like couple of YWAM schools right in a row, I went back home and it kind of like fell off. Right. And I was still trying to do a lot of the religious duties, but I found that. I wasn't spending as much personal time with Jesus. Like, I wasn't, like, hearing the voice of God for myself um, to go back to, you know, the YWM value. Um, And then I came on staff, and I still had a sense of, like, greater, like, I wanted to be a part of missions, and I wanted to do all this, like, greater vision stuff. But I just was losing that, like, here's super close, specific intimacy with Jesus. And during that time I started filling myself a lot with other ideas and things and listening to a lot of podcasts. Um, and I found this podcast called the liturgist podcast and that kind of led me down this whole road of starting to question things. Like I knew on the front end that they had some weird beliefs and like questioned some Bible things. But I literally remember actually being in this room and sitting on that couch right there and thinking to myself, like, I have the strength, the, like, spiritual strength. Like, there's no way I'm going to question the Bible. There's no way I'm going to, like, question any of these things. Like, you could basically not have a more, like, rock-solid Christian than myself is what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> That's not prideful <laughs> at all. It's fine. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> and so I started listening to these things. And at uh, it, first it, I don't know, it just started with, like, little questioning things. And then they were kind of, like, growing to, like, bigger, grander ideas and uh, different people like Rob Bell and and these different people that basically just ended up having really persuasive words um, and kind of leading me down this whole path of like questioning the Bible and questioning a lot of the things that I was told are like the basis for Christianity. And so yeah, I just got into this weird place where I was like, basically like the Bible isn't true in a general sense, like I still held on to like a general idea of God and Jesus, but it definitely wasn't anything challenging. It definitely wasn't anything like very like distinct. It was very vague and nuanced um, and just like nonspecific. So would you recommend that podcast at all? Uh, no, <laughs> no. Cause see well, and this What is,
2: podcast would you recommend?
1: Uh, the YWAM Nashville podcast. <laughs> yeah. there we go. That's the one I would recommend. <laughs> that and Francis Chan. Because you're definitely <laughs> not already listening to it right now. Oh, man. <laughs> so, but yeah. So, I ended up going down this, this whole weird road of, like, questioning things. And it was the weirdest thing because I was here, like, doing missions. And I was, like, so frustrated with life. And I had just got married, which, like was terrible and i feel terrible for my wife going through this whole thing getting I, married was I know, terrible i i feel like we were supposed <laughs> to get married and it was jesus but like i then pretty much immediately dove like headlong into all the weirdness as soon as like right after that uh-huh. uh and so my whole first year of marriage was like just me wrestling through a lot of this stuff but basically i got to this point where i was like i could probably argue anybody out of their faith because i realized within that time that people did not have good reasoning for believing things that they claimed to believe things that they called truth. They just didn't have great reasoning because I didn't have great reasoning. And here were the arguments that led me to this place of questioning. And so I was kind of coming into this community here. Like I was probably just sucking life out of the place, honestly, because I was just like, Oh man, Michael <laughs> like I'm actually gonna, or nodding.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I actually, Oh, I, when I visit. wasn't here, I came and visited during that yeah. time. But we didn't really talk about it that much. He bas- we basically just played video games the whole time. <laughs> but around that time too, he was we would like communicate every once in a while, and he'd be like, "Yeah, Cody, you should check out this podcast. Oh, so it's so crazy." <laughs> and I was like, I listened to like one episode, and I was like, "I mean, if you want to go that way, I guess it's fine." I didn't have an ounce of challenge in me, so I, there's no way I was gonna <laughs> be like, "Maybe you're wrong," but I was <laughs> like, um, "I'm, I don't think this is." Good, but you know, if you want to go down that (laughs) road, doesn't seem healthy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Now, as a healthier person, I would probably be like, "Hey, Michael, (laughs) pull yourself together." (laughs) Pull yourself together. But at the time, I was like, "Yeah, this is weird, but it's all right. I mean, it'll probably end up being healthy at some point. I'm sure." (laughs) This is my thought process, but
1: but I I found myself in this place of like, at the same time, like just utter despair with all of it though which like I, is why i'm so glad you didn't listen to it no. and i i led people down that road like i can think of one person in particular that i like influenced towards these things like pretty hardcore right and i was like oh man i like coming out of it i was like i feel terrible but anyway so i found myself in this place and i found myself like pretty good at like making the arg- arguments and like like being able to argue the logic and so i was like pretty set and you really couldn't like talk me out of it i was like but you can't answer like these questions that like come against these fundamentals that you have and and blah 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 and i was super set but after a while i started after like probably a few months of being like just about full-on like what's the word agnostic whenever like you believe in god but it's just kind of like this vague whatever agnostic (sighs) and so but i was like in this just place of despair and i was like oh man like i don't know i i, I saw this this fork in the road basically of like spork? a fork oh man. i saw this place it was only a spork. of a spork <laughs> <laughs> there was a but there was a fork in the road <laughs> and there was like left and right and i couldn't go both ways and it was like all right i either because I, I was still like here in the community and like kind of somewhere in me like trying to hold on to jesus because it had meant a lot to me and i saw this like just i was at an impasse but i was like i have to move forward like life is demanding that i move forward because i'm like i can't be in a missions community and be like questioning jesus so i'm gonna have to like this is gonna make a big difference for like me and my wife and like this community in general the people that i love um and so i was just in this place of like just hopelessness and then kind of a couple things. Uh I went to a church service with Surprisa, I think is how you say his name. Uh African dude that's with like Heidi Baker and people. Mm-hmm. Uh he came to a church in Nashville and spoke. And he was speaking on like just a whole other level of like spiritual experiences of like talking to angels and like I don't know, just all this crazy stuff. And I was like, in my place of wrestling. I was like, this is so far beyond my place of reasoning that it is either utter complete lies or it's completely true. And this guy's like walking in it. The implication of that is I'm missing it, you know, which is a really scary thing to me. Mm-hmm. And so that weekend I came back and I was then talking to Michael Mack here. uh, and Michael Max said something that like just like really like punched me in the face. Uh, and it was like, when you're in the presence of the Lord, your questions don't matter. And I was like, just like shook on like the deepest foundation because I was like, man, if I like, I just recognize the truth in that. I was like, if I'm literally sitting with the Lord, my questions about six day literal creation, who cares? Like God can tell me if that's true or not true, if he wants to, he doesn't even have to, like, I'm perfectly fine sitting there at his feet, you know? And so I don't know, like it, and I, I felt this like flood of remembrance come in of like my, like when I first came to YWAM and I was like, I did talk to the Lord. I did have like actual conversations with the creator of the universe. Why am I not like pressing into that place? You know. And when you first got saved, you said you heard well, yeah. his
2: literal voice or mm-hmm. his audible voice. Yeah.
1: And it's so like, that, whole, that whole like first year of being saved, I like just had crazy intimacy with the Lord. And I was like, why did I let go of that? And there was just this kind of realization that I had let go of that and it had gotten away from me. So I was like, all right, I just need to set everything aside. All of my thoughts wandering, stop listening to anybody else like podcasts and everything. Don't read any more books. Like, just sit down and, like, be with the Lord. And so, somewhere in there as well, somebody had challenged me to, like, maybe listen to some podcasts that were, like, on the conservative Christian side, just, like, kind of try and balance things out. And uh, so, like, right around that same time, I had heard this Francis Chan message where he was, like, he was literally, like, I could find you Bible teachers that will teach you anything. They'll teach you hell doesn't exist. They'll teach you. I don't know, and listed off a bunch of things. Things that I had been, like, wrestling with and questioning. And he was like, but just read it. Like, just sit down and read it. It's not meant to be that complicated of a thing. Like, God wants to talk to you via this thing. Just read it. And I was like, well, yeah, that. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) And so, like, during this time I had of, like, setting things aside, I was like, all right, I'm just going to, like, Go on walks again and like hang out with the Lord like I used to and just just like talk with the Lord. And then like read the Bible a bunch and just like see. I was like basically like I have to experiment like jumping fully back in and see if I encounter the Lord. And that sense of like life and purpose and, and joy and peace and all the things that come with that again. Uh, and then I did. And I like it was like a complete 180 to where I was like I like in a sense came back around and these things basically to sum up the next like again year it basically all of those things that i had deconstructed that i think were built on on sand like i now had i now had this realization of like intimacy needs to be the foundation and from that place i started like rebuilding these things and so i ended up coming back around and like greater force than i even had before with even more sold-outness than i had had before because there was like just bad logic and and reasons like bad reasoning for why i believed a lot of the things i believed not being like birthed out of intimacy and hearing his voice and stuff like that um and so yeah it was that's the brief version of like kind of an insane emotional journey but yeah
2: yeah i just want to tell the story that i told to michael that basically that phrase came out of, of do it. What was the phrase you said?
1: Uh, it was like in the presence of God, like your questions don't matter.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I had a friend that wanted me to like, he was like, I'm on the verge of becoming an atheist. And he was a Christian friend of mine that had been a Christian his whole life. And he was like, yeah, I have all these questions mm-hmm. and they were all the, like, you could probably look them up on the internet right now by Google searching top 20 questions an atheist has or something, you know, like, yeah. it was like all like, if God is real, what does evil exist? You know, like the big ones, you know? And so like, I literally did a bunch of research, you know, like, okay, what are, you know, the things atheists are going to throw at you? And I had really good answers for just about every question you could ask. I mean, I'm not a genius, but there was just like, okay, I think I know God's heart enough to be able to explain some of these things that they're struggling with. Yeah. And so we were, I was going on vacation with this guy, me and another Christian friend. And so we prayed a little bit beforehand, knowing that we were going into answering these questions. And I loved this man. I love this guy. So I, there was no like, I don't want to answer these questions. It was like, I truly value this man and I want him to have the the answers to all his questions. And then I was spending a little bit of time. Well, I was on this journey of my Christian walk where I was, this might have a little bit to do even with this topic where I was as Christians, we often pray with like these like phrases that are like normal prayer phrases, but they don't make sense if you're (laughs) actually just having a conversation with God. I've been just doing that this week. And so I was like, (laughs) if, if prayer is just having a conversation with God, why do we throw out all these weird phrases in the midst of our prayers? And so I was like, I want my prayers to be more pure. So I was praying and it was really challenging, honestly, (laughs) to like deconstruct My prayer life into just having an actual conversation with God with no and father this and Jesus this and Jesus this. Because why would you say someone's name like 20 times in a sentence, you know, if you're (laughs) talking to them sitting down. Anyways, I was practicing praying as if I was literally having a conversation with Jesus. And so that was happening in my life. This questioning was happening in my friend's life. And so before I went into this conversation with him, I just prayed. And I was like, God, help me, you know, to answer these questions. Help me to be a good friend. And God spoke to me, which our foundational value was hearing God's voice. And so this is one of the things God spoke this specifically. He said to me, um, questions won't matter when I show up. Come on. And I, just like, okay. And I didn't think of that phrase anymore. The irony. And, uh, (laughs) and then I go into the conversation with this guy and I answer all of his questions like a boss. I mean, like I was impressed with my, like, like (laughs) answering of the questions, but literally it didn't matter. Like the goodness of my answering of these questions didn't help him one bit. And I was so sad for him. He was also sad because he wanted to believe In Jesus, he wanted to have faith. He wanted to have a relationship with God and he knew he was supposed to, but he had all these blockages. And so then I was like, do you mind if I just pray? And it it was me and another friend sitting around a campfire and he was like, no, go for it. And the other guy was like, yeah, go. And so I just started praying, but it was praying like this conversational style prayer with Jesus And, like, by the end of the moment, I don't know how long I prayed. Maybe five minutes, maybe more, maybe less. But I was, like, in tears at the end of this prayer. And I, like, you know, like, look up. And these two other, like, grown men were also, like, weeping. And so there's, like, three grown men around a campfire, like, weeping. Sounds like a good time. And then (laughs) the one guy who was questioning his faith and going towards atheism, out of his mouth came this phrase. Well, I guess questions don't matter when God shows up. Come on. And I like almost <laughs> flipped out of my chair that I was sitting on, like Ah <laughs> like And so that's just been a testimony, like obviously th- the same phrase is what like shook that in Michael to bring something awake. Mm-hmm. And it's there's something about like all the knowledge, all the information we could possibly gather won't really do anything to our spirit. Yeah. Won't do anything within, you know, it might it's hard to intellectualize someone into believing the gospel. You yeah. can come up with a really good argument, but somebody's going to have an opposing argument like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And so the <laughs> presence the presence of God is what will change somebody. Come an on. encounter with the creator of life in your own life is what's going to alter The state of your being like your spirit inside of you, your heart, your soul, you know, like that's what needs altering, not your the information inside your brain. Yeah. And so once you've had that encounter, it's like there's no going back. Exactly.
0: Also, just want to point out, since we're having the flavor of hearing God's voice, no matter how many times you hear God speak, when when like you have tangible evidence, like a confirmation like that, it's always like, ah, oh, God speaks to me. You know, it's like so exciting. It's true. <laughs> and it needs Were to. Were you going to keep
2: continuous. going?
1: Well, I was going to say on that uh, on that note, something that you mentioned was that your friend like wanted to believe, and I find that most people it's like a hard for, thing for them to step away because it's been like such a big part of their identity. Their family probably revolves around. These things, their friends are probably in this circle. And so, like, it ends up being a difficult thing for a lot of reasons to walk away from this stuff. But, like, for me, I was, like, I I think, like, beyond all of those things, if people were really honest with themselves, like, there's this desperation on a spiritual level that you're, like, you're, like, you have all this, like, head knowledge in the way. You have all these, like, blockages. yeah, But you're, like, there's this thing back there that you want you know and so i found that particularly right at the end when i came back around and i was like oh man this this is the thing like i was wrong about all this other stuff and i i felt such like a relief like this just overwhelming sense of relief like flood my soul as i was like oh like jesus it is you like you are the answer and you do want me like this isn't just a bunch of like like vague ideas and concepts you know and so i don't know anyways it was just this like crazy moment of like like oh this is what i've wanted the whole time you know but i i don't know <laughs> why this whole process you know had to happen necessarily or i I'm, guess it didn't have to happen but
2: i'm being like stirred up right now I'm like, say, Whoa, like, Whoa. like when you get in touch with what you were created for mm-hmm. you know it's like it's the best thing that could ever possibly happen you know
0: yeah
1: oh uh i wanted to share like a just a cool testimony of like right at the end of that so like i literally had this weekend of like like kind of re-engaging with the lord and that happened so i went into that church service on sunday and i like came home and i like had like made up my mind i think it might have been a couple days before you actually asked me that question or said that phrase of like whenever you're in the presence like your questions just don't matter um and so like coming out of that church service i had like just made up my mind i was like i am like like i'm just going for jesus like i recognize all these things you chose your fork hindsight 2020 you know time like yeah i chose my (laughs) direction the fork i was like i'm going with Jesus. Like. I just recognize that this other way is just death and despair. And so uh, anyway, so that happened. And then I think on Wednesday after staff meeting, Michael Mack took me aside and was like, just kind of like asking some questions um, and was like, Hey, like kind of where you at with this stuff. uh, And so I told him that this crazy thing just happened on Sunday. And I was like, I, like, just felt alive, and I was, like, a different person, like, even in that, like, moment, and, uh, and then you were, like, you got really excited, and you were, like, oh, that's great, that's awesome, like, we were praying on Monday about you staffing the school, but we were all, like, what the heck, because you guys had prayed, like, months prior to that about me staffing the school, but you had felt like it wasn't good, and, like, I shouldn't, and so then this time you were, like, praying about who's supposed to staff the school, and you felt me, and you were, like, you you said that you were guys were like oh what the heck like we got that he wasn't supposed to do it you know a while back uh but like it like made sense that you know the day before you guys pray about it like i have this like change where i'm like <laughs> oh, i'm alive you know and then the next oh, day it's like, okay, jesus go. is like all right here we go <laughs> you know and then yeah. you guys are like oh it all makes sense now like yeah, cuz prior to that cuz i was like man if if you had come and told me that like two months ago that I was going to staff a school and I was still in the middle of all of that. I'd have been like, aha, see the Lord wants this to be the way to go. And that's why he's putting me in this position to counter everything that, and it would have been terrible. It'd have been so bad.
2: Yeah. So on the flip side, um, in the role that I was playing. So I'm I'm the director and Michael was a staff member, maintenance guy. (laughs) Yeah, And so, we along with the leadership team were praying like about who with also the school leader, we praying about who should be the staff of this school. And so all along I was feeling that Michael should be the staff of this school, but the school leader was like, I like Michael, <laughs> but I would not allow him to be the staff of this school because of this, 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 and this, like, in his mentality, in his life right now. And I was like, I know of those things, <laughs> but I feel like God's saying that he's supposed to be. But I respect you as the school leader, and I'm not going to force you to have somebody on your staff that you don't feel good and comfortable with. Yeah. And so then it goes forward, and we still had not found a male to staff the school. And so it comes down to, like, a few maybe a week before they were supposed to start training and I was like, I still feel like it's supposed to be Michael Lindbergh. And so I questioned, can we bring this back up in prayer? And so we all prayed it through again. And then it was like a yes from everyone across the board. This Michael Lindbergh is supposed to like be the staff of this school, but I need to go ask him these questions Mm. and they were concerning, like a few things that he was walking in or carrying that wouldn't have been healthy for him to mentor people in. And so I (laughs) sat down with like a list of, I can't remember like 10 things or something. And I was like, (laughs) Michael, like we really believe in you. We want you to staff this school, but there's these like 10 things and it. My, the way I took the conversation, he was like, wow, Those 10 things are like the 10 things that God told me that I had to get rid of, like to move (laughs) on in life. And literally I just made that decision yesterday to get rid of all those things. And like, if you had asked me yesterday, if I was, could be staff of the school, I probably would have not been in the right place to, but today (laughs) I've gotten rid of all these things and I'm now I'm ready. And so, again, hearing God's voice, like, I was hearing that Michael should be a part of this school, even though it was contradictory, like we were talking about. To common sense. To common sense as we opened up. So, very interesting how how God works and how he does things and how he lines things up. Okay. So, thinking about all of this deconstruction, and um, I have a little bit of testimony from being in... um, a college setting Mm. where basically they were pushing everyone in these college courses. I was in a religion course and they were pushing everyone to deconstruct everything that they'd ever believed so that they could feed us with some extreme liberal thought and understanding. And so I think their heart was actually really good because they didn't want me to believe something that wasn't right or wasn't true. And so, um, in that sense, deconstruction has like a cloak of righteousness Mm. on in the sense that it's like, don't believe something that's not good, right. Or true. Yeah. But there's something lacking because it's, there's nothing feeding you the good stuff mm-hmm. it's like getting rid of everything it's throwing the baby out with the bathwater. yeah yeah um and so you're throwing out all of the goodness with like the little ounces of possible badness that might be in your understanding of god your theology but it's like throwing all of it out instead of like weeding out the the little bits of bad yeah um And so I just wanted to bring that up as a topic of discussion. Uh, Something I wrote down was like, instead of blindly walking out in what you've always been told, that there's a sense that wrestling is good. Mm -hmm. But does that bring up a discussion in you? Okay, I just want (laughs) to throw those things out and see what happens, so go for it. Yeah
1: i going to ponder for a moment.
2: What I was thinking about, and this is uh, something else that I wrote down, is it's like natural versus supernatural. Mm-hmm. And so there's a natural, like, deconstruction. And, like, we were talking about the, like, mental understanding or informational understanding or where it's just like on a mental level versus a spirit level. Yeah. And so I was like the natural versus the supernatural. Like you want to deconstruct bad beliefs. Yeah. You know, you want to deconstruct evil, but if it's not being fed with something good. And so that's what was happening in my college experiences is, is like, there was all these Christian guys that we started out our freshman year as Christians, and then through this deconstruction process I saw most of them actually become atheists. Mm. And I was like this is so sad, but what I was noticing about the ones that became atheists is they weren't spending quality time with Jesus. They yeah. had no relationship with Jesus outside of those college courses or or a church service on Sunday morning. They didn't weren't spending like one-on-one time with Jesus every day reading their Bibles and praying like that was their source of religious understanding was these de- deconstruction, deconstructional <laughs> classes you know that were yeah. basically like destroy everything and their premise was that you know the Bible isn't like a right source yeah that it was written by men and therefore can't be trusted mm-hmm. it was their premise so therefore like how do you build anything on You said uh, sand, sinking sand.
0: Yeah. So for the sake of clarity, if you don't mind, I thought maybe I could rephrase this into a question. Do it. So are any parts of deconstruction good and are any parts bad? Like what would you say put into those categories as far as the topic?
1: I think deconstruction is definitely not inherently evil. And a lot of people, particularly fundamentalist people, if you had to throw around names, uh, it, particularly <clears throat> people who lean toward, lean towards fundamentalism uh, in their thinking, and they will treat people who question things as if they're bad, or as if you're like basically immediately a heretic if you question any of these things. Um, but I don't. I definitely don't think Jesus adheres to that. Like, like you were literally just saying. Jesus had the disciples go through a deconstruction of what it meant to be like in the Jewish faith but like in their like thoughts about who God was and is you know
2: but they were daily walking but in relationship but they were with Jesus, with, Jesus. with Jesus
1: yeah but they were with him and he was like it's not this let me show you what it is yeah. it's not like dry dusty like religious rules and systems
2: dead men's bones exactly
1: it's relationship and so you're not like like you said like you're forsaking this bad stuff over here but then you're just not turning to anything you know and so i think that's like a key thing and i think the reality is like like we find we typically need people to go through a deconstruction because a lot of and this is a whole other thing but a lot of Of church culture isn't founded on intimacy with jesus and kind of misses the whole point of the gospel in like even teaching it the way that they do it's like all right come in you believe these set beliefs um and then you're good to go you know just say this little prayer and you'll get to heaven but like that's not at all what jesus is talking about like jesus is like it's relationship like yes you inherit eternal life that's great but, like, the point is, you're with Jesus, though, you know, like you're walking with Jesus even now, today. What does that mean? What does that look like? Uh, and so, that I've I find that for myself and all pretty much all of the like rhetoric that I've heard around this whole deconstruction thing, it comes from this place of like, I've been told to believe this, but now, like, reason or science or whatever um, comes in. And like shakes those things that I was told to believe. Meanwhile, Jesus is on this whole other plane. You know, like the, the kind of debate is like you have people who've like are on the atheistic side of things. A lot of them having gone through deconstruction who are like, is there, you know, it was the world created in a literal six days. And then you have fundamentalists who are like, we need to argue and prove to these people that the earth was created in a literal six days. Meanwhile, I think Jesus is on this whole other plane of like, why don't y'all just come out with, like, hang out with me, Mm, you know, like, like he'll answer the question or he won't. But, you know, instead of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you're operating in intimacy and choosing the tree of life, you know? And so, I don't know. It's just a funny thing. So I think it is actually good in a lot of ways. And a lot of people do come back around, but a lot of people don't. So it's like, eh. It's yeah,
2: that's so good. I just want to rephrase what you just said. Yeah. to Just to make it give it a point of emphasis. In s- like, that Adam and Eve chose to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil instead of hanging out with God in the cool of the day. Yeah. Which was what they were intended to do, and they were not meant to eat from the... T- yeah. They were not meant to, like be the judges or rulers of what was good and evil they were just meant to hang out
1: with their creator yeah Yeah. which this gets into the whole gospel thing but jesus is like i only do what i see the father doing like a father shows his son everything and a son only does what he sees the father doing like this is the gospel in a nutshell and the problem is that's not the gospel people have been told has been represented to people they've been told it's this certain life philosophy that you just kind of have to adhere to You know, and then you'll make it through.
2: Yeah. And so what I was thinking about in our culture today, um, truth and being real are like super like valued Mm. and they should be. And so that's why deconstruction, I think, has such like a glamorous like appeal to it is because it starts out with the value of truth being and it starts out with a value of truth and being real. So it has, like, righteous, healthy, good roots. But without proper guidance and leading of the Holy Spirit, it's just continues to deconstruct, which yeah. deconstruction leads to death or lack thereof. Yeah. Yep. Can I speak to philo- underlying
0: philosophy real quick just to, like, give people a better Chance of success. Hey, Cody, like Cody, can you walking speak to the underlying Jesus. philosophy, Well, please. thank you for asking. I don't mind if I do. <laughs> so, I'm not actually a philosopher myself, in case you are wondering, at uh, 22 years old. Can we call
2: you Callodius? Callodius,
0: The uh, foolish. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> codiferous. Uh So, yeah. Coming back to Escape for Reason. One, the... Like, basically, the only thing I got out of that that was really helpful was um kind of back in the earlier days of Christianity I don't remember all the phraseology he uses but like we had belief in god and then we kind of we had rationality to go with it not the greatest rationality granted but there was rationality yeah and um at some point we kind of like moved away from believing in god to believing in rationality yeah and then but still trying to hold on to faith within that. So you're like, your belief is in your own logic and no longer in God, but you're still trying to like have your faith involved in that. Somehow it's like, ah, yes, my faith is purely rational. There's no like actual faith aspect involved. Yeah. So basically if your belief is in your logic and, and, or someone else's logic that they fed you instead of, In God to begin with then you're already on a shaky foundation like on a philosophical level you're believing in truth you're not believing in God so like there's a subtle difference there but basically you can still be rational and not have rationality be your God you know what I'm saying yeah it's like I have reasons I believe this but I still believe it on faith like I still believe God because he's God and because I like hold myself to have had a genuine encounter with him and to have been persuaded by his spirit that he's real and not just because I have these rational reasons. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's good to have rational reasons and like he calls us to use our minds and like um to think. We're not yep. asked to stop thinking. Mm -hmm. but he does also call us to faith which means we can't trust in our own judgment yeah so that was a great realization for me from that book
1: and there's i man i love philosophy and there's so many things i can get into but what you were saying i feel like paul sums up as well um who uses a lot of rationale but like his basis for everything was not wise and persuasive words but a demonstration of spirit and power and like he talks so much i mean aside from jesus talking and all of the prophets and everybody else and as we see in the old testament across the board paul specifically talks about like you being with the lord you know and like that just being the basis for everything so the problem is that we have tried to use wise and persuasive words and we have tried to use logic to convince people at the core rather than like demonstration of spirit and power and being like, Hey, you can logic all this out in whatever, but when you encounter the presence of the creator of the universe, you're just not going to care about these questions, you know? And I think that's something to note from my own journey. Like I have not had all of my questions answered that I had before, but I just don't even really care anymore. You know, like, I'm like, that's yeah. that's a cool argument if you want to argue it, I guess. But I'm going to go hang out with Jesus, you know? Like, it's just much better over here. And I find he normally doesn't want to talk about what I want to talk about anyways. You know? I'm like, Jesus, what do you think about, you know, the creation of the universe? And he's like, man, did you see that flower? <laughs> I made that flower. Isn't that flower, pretty, like, beautiful? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Jesus, stay I've on always, topic. Come on. <laughs> I've always thought that mindset was really
0: naive of me to have. But then like you read job and like after all like 30 chapters of suffering and like asking questions and challenging God. Oh man. Like God finally shows up and job is like,
1: I'm sorry. I even spoke. I'll keep my mouth shut now. (laughs) But (laughs) he's like, God's like, brace yourself like a man. I will ask you and you will answer me.
0: Yeah. And Job's like, I have nothing to say. (laughs) I'm sorry. I ever spoke. And like, Oh, man. God doesn't even answer his questions. He's basically just like, I'm God. And Job's <laughs> like, okay, I'm good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> we're, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Totally right there with you, man. Oh, yeah. So what have you learned through the whole process <laughs> of going through your own personal deconstruction? There's literally so much. Oh, I don't wow.
1: even know. I mean, we've already talked. I mean, we've touched on different things. I don't know actually even how to say all the things. But, um, with words i think (laughs) thank you (laughs) basically like i just realized how much we do anything except like be with the lord how we like tend to all these other things like we'll tend to listen to a good rousing sermon versus like just go spend time with jesus and these different things and i think these kind of tendencies are how we get to this place where we're like ripe for the picking as far as having a crazy deconstruction goes, because like you're doing everything else except for spending time with Jesus. So then you get to this place where something challenging comes up, um, say on like a cultural level. A lot of what people start deconstruction over, and I'm I'm like to the point where hearing this narrative annoys me actually. But it's like, well, if God's loving, how could He send people to hell? If you know are about the, the six day creation or like in science says that the world's a bajillion years old, Or It always comes down to some like doctrinal thing that yeah, people, these were have. the
2: questions my friend was asking me mm-hmm. about atheism.
1: Exactly. It always comes down. I kid you not. I can't think of a time where it doesn't come down to some, some sort of doctrinal something or like, how could God not like homosexuals or something, you know, like, these different topics that we'd like to wrestle with and have a hard time with and we don't have the basis of intimacy to go and ask the question and so we're forced to like try and reconcile these things in our own logic with reality and and maybe what the scriptures say if we even care that much to begin with and so instead of this kind of dry sense of like well god says that homosexuality isn't okay in these scriptures I'm just going to throw out the whole thing at least as like an inherent, like good or bad thing. Like I have to follow this rule book or something. I'll start questioning these things um, is kind of just the response, you know, because you're not like well grounded in the first place with intimacy. And so, but kind of as I've been like going, I've been finding how deep of a root it is that literally even most Christians that I would have said we're like crazy on fire when i talk to them though like the first thing to go is your intimacy with jesus right and so i'm just harping on intimacy but intimacy is the thing like if at the end of the day you are not like having your own personal time with jesus and you're talking to him and he's talking to you and like there's this what
2: we were made for
1: literally then then you're like missing it and i realized that people like will go from this uh This fundamental side of like, don't have sex, don't do drugs, don't do these things that offer some amount of, of pleasure to us typically. And so they don't have this underlying like pleasure from Jesus most of the time. And so turning to these things is not a hard thing, you know, because you don't have that like greater sense of like, oh, I actually have more fulfilling like stuff in Jesus like I would never go to those things at this point being close to Jesus because being with Jesus is way better you know like I can't even fathom going back to those things and so but if you don't have that underlying thing whether you've never had it or in your current season in life you're just skipping your quiet times or something you know like then it you're just setting yourself up it's like a domino effect that you're like gonna go this direction and end up in some kind of lukewarm place or the full on like atheist kind of thing, you know? So that was one insight I've had slash been having recently. Um,
2: Well, um, I was just thinking about it and thinking about the scripture out of revelation two or three, where it says like um, Jesus is speaking to one of the churches and he says, I'd rather you be hot or cold. Um, mm-hmm. than to be lukewarm because he'll like vomit or spit you out of his mouth if you're lukewarm yeah. and so I was I was thinking about it um, because I feel like deconstruction is actually active whereas there's like a whole part of the church that are just either walking blindly lame or lukewarm however you want to phrase it just complacent yeah and so i'm like god would you rather us would you rather someone be in the phase of deconstruction versus not caring at all and just being completely stagnant lame complacent blindly walking through life because with deconstruction at least they're questioning something Mm -hmm. at least they're searching for something
1: i think another like great analogy for this whole kind of thing um and what you're touching on is the uh, parable of the sower as well. Like I realized when I was in Africa and they asked me to teach on the parable of the sower. And I realized that like, as I was reading it, I was like, this is literally this, like people start out like excited and meaning well. And then this happens, this happens, this happens, or this happens. And like, that's the way everybody goes. It's one of these things in some form or fashion. And, you know, only one of those ends up like, alive and thriving, you know. And so I don't know.
2: Is that the one that talks about the different types of ground or bird coming?
1: Yeah, it talks about like the birds coming, which is like Satan stealing it away. And then like weeds choke it up. Like yeah, weeds and thorns like choking it out. Which I think was like worries and cares of the world or something. Yeah. And then there's like rocky soil. One of them shallow soil. Yeah. One of them had like money and stuff. But then there was one that fell in like good good soil and yeah. So Anyways, I just realized it, the shallow it's a lot soil of, was the uh, sun
0: scorches it, and it doesn't have yeah. deep roots. Yeah, which I think most closely resembles people who grew up in the church, and haven't been challenged. There's like this idea of like the church is a place to insulate people from the world, and not a place to like nurture their growth in the Lord and like bring them into more intimacy. It's like you just need to make sure you get your weekly dose of spoon fed gospel or else you might walk away from the Lord but even Jesus himself is like I would rather you walk away than miss intimacy with me yeah but that's not the same narrative that we have from the church right now which I'm not down on the church I'm just saying that needs to change
1: and so much of like Jesus was like he was polarizing he was like you're either on your face and weeping and want to follow him or you're trying to throw rocks at him Like there wasn't really an in-between ground there. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so I think one of my biggest takeaways and something I would say to people is, um, I don't know, just like take a look at the church culture that literally sets up for this to happen. Because we don't have this gospel that actually like makes a difference in people's lives. Like the fact that people can come be complacent at your church it means you're not on the same level as Jesus was as far as like what you're teaching and what you're talking about. And something I was kind of thinking about earlier was just like, if you, if if your life or your your church service or your family or whatever level you're on is not having this effect. Like if you're going through your day or through your service or through your whatever and you're like, like there's no... Like, it doesn't make a difference that Jesus isn't showing up and doing things. Like, then you're probably missing it. Like, Jesus wants to come in, be active, be alive, be doing things. The fact that there's a rhetoric within the church that is like, does God want to move or not want to move? Does he talk or not talk? Is so utterly ridiculous. Whenever you, like, encounter the Lord, you're like, why is this a thing? And then you just, the natural progression of logic there is... Because people aren't there. They're not encountering God. They're not talking to Him. They don't know. They don't even know that He wants to talk to them. And I realize it literally always comes down to the individual. Like, you are only responsible for yourself. Like, I'm responsible to be connected and intimate with the Lord. I can't make anybody else be. Like, I can, like, encourage people and talk about it, but, and, like, testify to what I experience, but ultimately, like, you're responsible for you, you know, so, and oh, something I've noticed, uh, as far as I think a good thing to generally say, um, what'll happen is people will deconstruct to a certain point and they'll be looking for answers and the church's response. Oftentimes you'll hear over and over and over again is like of judgment and condemnation rather than like a bringing them in and like, Hey, let's like walk through this. And be a loving community. And what happens is they'll actually find community more, like, better, wholesome, more wholesome community within atheism, within fellow, like, deconstructy people, you know. And so. Or
2: just in a local
1: golf club. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so it ends up being, like, (laughs) you basically make the decision for them, you know, rather than being, like, hey, these are, like, honest questions you're asking. You know, let's, like. Walk it's, this together. You instead know? of, yeah.
2: uh we don't ask those questions, Johnny. Yeah, yeah.
0: it's It can come out of fear, too, though. I've seen, like, I don't really have answers for you to begin with. Yeah. And I'm afraid to start asking questions because I don't know what the answers are. So it's easier for me to just write you off as a heretic and stay within my bubble of protection than it is to, like address you and listen to you and have to wrestle with my own faith you know it's the sense of like don't rock the boat i'm happy where i am yeah i've found the amount of jesus that i'm satisfied with and i'm okay with that you know
1: oh something i wanted to address as well is that people um often times are hurt by the church and by some form of fundamentalism um Or some belief that's held too strongly. Like. That they can tend to be like oppressive. um, Or almost like. On the level of like being. You know. A cult. And stuff like that. And people will come out of these things. And they'll write off the whole Jesus thing anyways. But you have to realize like. That's not Jesus. Like. The Pharisees were clearly missing it. But that doesn't mean that. God wasn't there in the first place somewhere. And he's not still good. You know. Like you don't get to just write off the whole God thing because the Pharisees were jerks. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and Jesus <laughs> doesn't write off, you know, he he doesn't okay any such thing. And so I think that is also a big, like just a narrative. I heard a lot like, oh, well, my uncle was the pastor and my family was a bunch of jerks. And like, sometimes that's the reality, but again, not Jesus. Jesus is different than we are. He's not people like us. <laughs> He's God. Any further questions?
2: My final question is, what should we do about it? What should we do about deconstruction as an idea in the world? What should we do concerning those that we know that might be going down that path? What should we do about it?
0: And what can we say to someone who is going through it or knows someone who's going through it?
1: Yeah,
2: so. Or. (laughs) Or maybe, how about. Or what type of popsicle should we give them? uh
1: definitely the grape kind wow (laughs) oh man heresy (laughs) heresy (laughs) wrong answer (laughs) yeah so well uh first off i think like if you are if you're somebody who like knows somebody like don't freak out (laughs) Uh, don't (laughs) if you know somebody that's going through these things and asking hard (laughs) questions like
0: Just talk to them. Kind of applies to like any struggling (laughs) Christian. It's like, don't freak out. I know he
1: said he thinks he's gay. Don't freak out. Okay. It's It's going to be okay. Like Jesus is more than (laughs) capable of taking care of this. They're not beyond hope. Uh, And so like, just figure out, like come alongside them, like pray with them, seek the Lord with them. Uh, Okay. Yeah. So I would say to somebody who knows somebody like come alongside them, like don't freak out, pray with them. Like seek the Lord with them and on their behalf um, and just really like take them in. So often the the response is like to like hold them at a distance and be afraid of them uh, as if they're going to destroy everything or something. And I don't know. So, yeah, just don't freak out. And then it'll, it'll be OK. And
0: then if you from a place of intimacy feel convicted or challenged by something that they're going through then bring that back to the Lord and not even like start your own process of deconstruction, but like construction, like, yeah. I don't know what reinforcing, reinforcing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the what I'm looking for. Reinforcing your own faith and letting the Lord walk through those things with you and give you confidence. So you're not even scared to handle, um, other people's doubts.
2: Well, that's exactly, I think was what, I was trying to do as a leader with Michael here mm-hmm. is I heard all of his questions. I saw Yeah, we had a lot of conversations. the potential like downfall, <laughs> you know, like deconstruction I saw the deconstruction happening, but it didn't scare me. I actually encouraged him like to to deconstruct, but also encouraged him, like you were just saying, uh-huh. to to build himself up in the word. And yeah. he was kind of you were struggling if I remember with the word itself with yeah. like the he Bible yeah. because the church you had been a part of was like constantly feeding you the Bible this is you know this is God. Yeah. And so I, w- I was like um maybe I can't tell you not to read the Bible because literally yeah. i had had experiences where the Bible was such life and like food to me eating. So I was not never like, don't read your Bible anymore. That's, but it was just trying to encourage you to keep on seeking, mm-hmm. but not to be seeking in a way that would not feed your spirit. And so it was like, and then I was just constantly praying for you in that journey as well. And so I think that's as a friend, pray for your, for your friends
1: yeah yeah and i think uh i also want to note with that too it actually was kind of a funny thing that when i did read the bible even though when i like sat back and thought about it i was like i'm not sure i believe that the bible is inherently good or we should follow it 100 percent or whatever you know i didn't know um but yet somehow still when i read it like i was like ah oh, but this though like it's like a thing that's happening like in my yeah. heart is on fire you know i remember having these conversations with you yeah
0: he's like i don't really know how accurate the bible is but it still moves me and it still <laughs> yeah. makes so much sense so i don't really know what to do and i was like i'll be interested to hear about that when you <laughs> figure it out
1: and so it was actually in the place of when i finally was like i'm actually just gonna like give in to my desire to go after this and then read the bible more and i was like man this Jesus guy, he's pretty awesome. (laughs) (laughs) What do you know? (laughs) Uh, But yeah. Um, and then to answer the second part of the question earlier, what would I say to somebody who's walking through it? I would say, you gotta go after Jesus. Like we're telling you like Jesus wants to be intimately connected with you, to know you, for you to know him, for not to be this like vague, distant thing. So put yourself in that place. Like if he is the definition of reality and existence, then you want to hang out with him if you want the truth. And I think that'll be kind of a a filter for like, what is you like just wanting things that you want to be true. Um, Like if you don't want to think that your grandma went to hell because she didn't love Jesus versus like, you know, God actually defining your reality. And, you know, so just put yourself in that place and honestly ask yourself like, Am I okay with the creator of the universe being who he is? And, you know, or like, do I want to be my own God? And am I choosing the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? But we're telling you, from experience, the presence is so much better. You want that. There's life. There's literally everything that you long for within that. Like affirmation, love, peace, joy, all the things there. No place that you ought to rather be.
0: Mm. And don't be afraid to hold things as true. Yeah, that too. It's kind of frowned upon within our truth is relative society. But if you know the truth, then you have the authority to speak the truth. Because Jesus gave it to you.
2: And it will set you free.
1: It will set you free and people can't take that away like Best i'm like believe. i know jesus i talk to him he's legit you can't tell me he's not <laughs>
0: i literally heard his voice i haven't heard an audible voice but i was speaking
1: for my I have a handful of times actually but that's a good for you cody cody what
2: this is the Lord. If you would stop joking around, oh my <laughs> God. I was trying to talk to you. Oh, wow.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh,
2: I have spoken <laughs> once. Just got real. But no more. <laughs> um, my uh, uh, final-ish follow-up question is, is fundalism... Fundalism. fundamentalism? <laughs> <Fundalism, laughs> fundamentalism. Is fundamentalism
1: inherently evil? This is a question i wondered myself
2: <laughs> <laughs> i was hoping you had a good like no uh, it's not i
1: would say on a practical like pragmatically practically those being kind of the same thing uh, yes it doesn't play out well if you believe something for the sake of believing something and because you you were spoon-fed this thing and we're told that this is what you should believe then like that's not great like again it should be born out of intimacy like the relationship with the lord not that people can't speak things to you but like taking everything back to the lord and being like all right lord is this true like i've heard that you're a good good father it's who you are it's who you are but i want to know that for myself like i want to experientially know that for myself like i want to know your goodness i want to know you as a provider you know like i i can't just take and preach god is like He wants to provide for me and like hold fast to that until i've like experienced that within the relationship myself you know and so i think from that standpoint like pretty much across the board going after the actual like experiential knowledge of god is the way to go you know and asking jesus like what he thinks about this what he is you know if he wants to say that he created the earth in six literal days to you and wants to reveal that to you sweet like that's awesome you now know that because he told you that and that is perfectly good basis for believing that like can you necessarily convince everybody else based on that maybe maybe not i don't know depends on if people trust you but basically i would say like experiential knowledge everything being based out of intimacy is always going to be better than and more beneficial than like you just holding true to vague concepts and ideas that you've been told to yeah
2: so my thinking of that like your answer to that is that just in the same context that deconstruction isn't inherently evil neither is fundamentalism Mm -hmm. it's only the wrong ways of functioning within those that makes it evil
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. If you identify as a fundamentalist and you're listening, before we lose you, we're not saying that fundamentalists are bad people or that people are going through de- deconstruction are bad people. Like, in general, especially nowadays, there's like a lot of um, undertones and unspoken ideas that come with isms and. Ists and you know, you're a conservatist. You're a fundamentalist. You're a liberal, you know Polygamist. Yeah, (laughs) yeah Uh, So when we say fundamentalist you may or may not have had that like Spoken as a reason for hating you because people do that on Facebook and stuff all the time yeah, but we're not like just because he says he doesn't think it's inherently good doesn't mean that we're joining into the same group and you can be like, oh, yes, you belong in this category now of people that hate me. It's just saying, like, if you are in that place, then all right. But the point is we don't want to settle in our relationship with Jesus. And if you're just accepting things as true because you've been told they're true by anyone other than out of relationship with God, then... That's not good. Not... So, even aside from fundamentalism, like, if you just take the definition of it, like, just believing things are true because they're in the Bible or because you've been told that but you don't have, like, this understanding like, from God, you haven't had a personal revelation of why it's true or, like, that it is true in yourself, then that's bad. And, like, because we want to keep growing. So, just basically don't settle with anything less than intimacy and having that experiential knowledge that Michael's talking about.
1: Yeah. And I think it's like, it's because it's an invitation from the Lord to have that experiential knowledge. So it doesn't have to be this like big scary, like, well, I'm not sure actually that I believe these things or whatever. Like it's an invitation to come away with the Lord and like, yeah. And to get to know him better. If you're like, man, I feel like maybe I don't, Know Jesus on the same level as so and so, then like, you can. It's open, and even more so. Like you know, so I I definitely don't want it to be like a like any kind of condemning kind of like we're speaking this over you as an identity, you know. But it's just like an honest acknowledgement of like, man, I believed a lot of things because I was told to believe them, versus like I actually know the Lord.
2: Well, I was just thinking about you know um fundamental, in the sense that like y- you, Michael, have fundamental like understanding of intimacy, mm-hmm. intimacy is fundamental to you yeah. like, and so fundamentalism in itself isn't bad, yeah. it's the not being willing to like I don't know deeply. Research, know, understand, Uh, I don't don't even know if that I'm going to, but even where that scripture that I quoted from Paul, I choose to know nothing except for Jesus Christ and him crucified. Those were two fundamental like phrases. It's true. This is fundamental and this is fundamental. Knowing Christ, knowing that he was crucified, like, so he he was a fundamentalist. Yeah. In that sense. So fundamentalism in itself isn't evil. Mm -hmm. That's right. As long as you know why you have those fundamental things in place. It's like, uh, yeah. What's that geometry phrase? Is it? Isosceles or
0: no? <laughs> Rhombus. <laughs> it's like things that you assume to be true in order to make other, like, oh. logical assumptions. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Theories? the kind of fu- fundaments he's talking about. Yes. It's not a theorem. It's like, it's like you, the you you slid's 10 if you if you're smarter than me and you know what I'm talking about right now I'm applauding for you internally. <laughs> oh, look it
2: up please uh
1: messages it's like add. things that are like prerequisite from like a prerequisite Presuppositions, standpoint are I don't true think that's it no um which by the way fundamentalism yes isn't inherently bad because one it's a much more general term than how we use it And people kind of point it at, like, conservative Christianity in particular. But, like, everybody's fundamental You have to be fundamentalist to even function. Like, from a philosophical level, if you actually purely relied on rationale, you would never get anywhere. And you would lay on the floor and wonder if you exist or how you even know anything anyways.
2: Or if you only relied on, like, experiential like understanding of Jesus at the same time, I think you would probably become a
1: weirdo probably. So I think that it's like, it's like, for instance, my kind of take on the whole like thing that seems like a healthier thing is Jesus is like, Oh, you read the scriptures because you think that in them you have salvation, but you don't realize that they actually point to me. He's not condemning reading the scriptures. Um, but he's saying like, this is pointing to me. So you can look at like, say the Bible and be like, Oh man, jesus i see that you're like this in here it's an invitation to know you like this myself you know i don't just have to like take it at face value necessarily but it's like you know again just an invitation to the actual thing yeah. so
0: you can see a picture and be like oh man that's cool or you can be like wow i want to go there and then it's like way different thing
1: it, it, it all touches on so much that i can't Like, there's no way that we could dive into it. It touches on, like, general church stuff. It talks about historical, like, how we got to this place as a society or as a church body. It's literally, there's so much there that it touches on. But I think borderline is, like, what I hear, pretty much all the rhetoric rhetoric that I hear around deconstruction is a lot of heady stuff and... Isn't like you being with Jesus, you know, and him being like, yeah, yeah, maybe the Bible's not true, you know? So
2: you could also bring in, uh, Troy Sherman's theories of like, that it's all because, I mean, he says sex, but it's all because people are desiring something that is outside the healthy yeah. boundaries that God's created. So mm-hmm. they're like diffusing all arguments for the existence of God so that they can have their own way. Yeah. It is
0: often like this place of, I want something that's outside of the bounds of what I hold to be true. And I'm trying to find a reason for me to, in good conscience, go that direction because it's more appealing than yeah the where last, I'm at right now.
2: The last couple um, deconstructionist that I've heard from that were at one time, like Christian artists or pastors or leaders in the church, like I'm like, Oh, they divorced their wife. Oh, now they're on the path of deconstruction.
1: Mm Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That I've seen that happen a lot. And yeah. And that's what I think. Like it, like nothing there was like super rooted in intimacy in the first place. So it, it didn't, you didn't have the actual anchor. That's an anchor. You know, you had, like, a pretense anchor that you were, like, held on to these truths, but there wasn't the actual, like, I have a relational anchor in Jesus that gives me the ability to get through X, Y, and Z or to say no to whatever, you know?
0: Yeah. So, this has been a very the long end. and I feel, like, vibrant episode because <laughs> we are so passionate about it and, like, discipling people. I just so hope we got said, specific enough. <laughs> yeah. That being said... um, Like our whole job here is to (laughs) disciple people and like if you like want to talk about this more personally a lot of this was like us just talking about it like we don't rehearse or anything but so if you just want to talk about it or you have questions comments angry comments comments. (laughs) yeah (laughs) I mean aside from the questions that we're talking about don't matter and you need to go meet Jesus. But even then, <laughs> like for any reason whatsoever, you want to reach out to us, we're more than happy to talk to you. So you can reach out at podcast to org, Or you said
2: that really fast. Could you just Podcast
0: you at YM <laughs> It's podcast at YM Nashville <laughs> dot org. Y W A M Nashville dot org. For all you boomers out there or <laughs> we and also fundamentalists. Uh, yeah, <laughs> fundamentalists no uh we love you guys we just defend um, everybody. and if you have any questions about the base in general you can reach us at info nashville.org
2: info that is info at ywam
0: dot org nashville o-r-g <laughs> yep or uh, you can just leave a comment on whatever platform you're listening on, and we'll hopefully see it <laughs> soon after yeah. you post it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we just love to engage with you on this topic or any other one, but especially this one. Like, I can never turn down someone who's like genuinely seeking to know more about Jesus. So, moving on to fun questions, real yes, quick. Yes. Fun oh. questions. Should we. Uh, oh, wait.
1: Yeah. Wait. Should we. Should we over it's, like do, me? we're going to do base events first the guest okay, telling the host <laughs> how to run the episode <laughs> what is this it is fun can, can you believe the nerve of this
2: guy time! fun question time
0: alright <laughs> Mr. Guest Michael Lindberg sir yes what's the grossest thing you ever ate
2: have ever eaten
1: thank you for the clarification uh, <laughs> I was confused there um mum 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 um uh, probably. So <laughs> he
0: points at Michael <laughs> Mac. I didn't know your cooking was that bad. <laughs> no, we uh <laughs> just kidding.
1: We uh were down in the kitchen once. I think I was I was in kitchen duty and I it was like uh anyways I was like making pancakes for breakfast for like the everybody, the students and people here. And so uh I had been doing the dishes and there was like little floaty pancake bits in the oh, water. No. Tell me you did, <laughs> and he uh, he promised me a nice prize that I desired, uh, if I took like because I, I was like cleaning out the drain and stuff, and so I took like a handful of it, and he was like, "If you eat that, I'll buy you this drink that you really like," and I was like, "Oh man," and then I was like, "Well, I can't say no. Like, this is an exciting moment in life," so I took this. <laughs> Gross, soapy water, pancake uh, bits of uh, sogginess, and just popped them in my uh, mouth. And you had to finish it. Like yeah, I had to. Off. I had to like, oh man, like fully swallow. But I couldn't do it because I chomped down and just <laughs> he immediately.
2: Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was the was friend.
1: Yeah, and so just immediately there was like gross pancake water juice, like oh, soapy flavored. Water, yeah. Yeah, and it tasted oh, like soap, and I was like, <laughs> 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 so I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I tried though. Uh, then I brush my teeth. That's worse <laughs> than mine. What do you got, Michael? The
2: thing I've ever eaten. Yeah. <sighs> I've had some really strange things. I'm not <sighs> surprised. <laughs> I College was boy. in Thailand, <laughs> and we were to eat, I think it was honeybee larva. mm. And I think tasty. it was maybe the mentality more than the like, yeah. Flavor they like their bugs, and it, the texture of it wasn't pleasant either. It was oh, like man. larva texture, so it's like rubbery and mm. s- mushy. I don't know. Oh, how to were they cooked it. at least? No, no. Oh man, were maybe. they alive or dead? Dead, I believe. Okay, I maybe alive. that's good. Oh man, I don't think. I But could either have done way, it. they were like, oh, <laughs> this is delicacy. Try, try. <laughs> And he, I think the guy paid for it, so I was like, eh, "All right," popped it in, <laughs> 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 and uh, couldn't. I don't even know if I could keep it down. I think I might have had to like turn away after a couple seconds and like hope he didn't, hope that the guy didn't see and spit it out. But that was oh, pretty man. bad. Oh uh, Ooh, another one just came to mind was. Squid in squid ink. What? Ugh. I I get I love squid, so that wasn't the issue. It was the squid cooked in squid ink that was bad. It was it the thought of ink, or what does it taste? Does it taste bad? Yes, I believe that's <laughs> <laughs> the taste was badness. That's a good <laughs> description. And so, but we ordered it as part of our meal, so we tried to chomp it down. It just was really bad. It I mean, it sounds intriguing on the front end, but. It just t- it tasted like rotten seafood. Oh So man. whatever that tastes like, it wasn't pleasant. I've
0: made a point not to try rotten seafood <laughs> before.
2: <laughs> so, oh. anyways, that's mine. You, yeah. Did you go?
0: Uh, I haven't gone. I have had crickets before. Oh, it's yeah. not that bad. They're like chocolate chips. covered. is good. Yeah, chocolate ones. I had sea salt. It's not so bad. It's the legs that are the hard part. So if you just pick those off, it's basically like a chip you or can sunflower floss seed good with them. Yeah. You can, like, rub them together. Wee, wee, wee. No. <laughs> but probably the worst thing um, as far as, like, shock factor. It wasn't that bad at the time. And also, my mom was always horrified when I told this story because she's like, you make it sound like I don't feed you or something. But that wasn't the case. <laughs> I just am a sugar addict, basically. But anyways, I was, like, six. And we went to McDonald's, and I got some hot cakes. Hot and then cakes. I, I couldn't finish them all. So we threw them away. And then... The next morning, my parents were smokers, so they had emptied the ashtray into the trash can. But I was really hungry, and my mom wouldn't get up. And I remembered that I had had hotcakes the day before. The hotcakes were calling. (laughs) So I opened up the trash can lid, and there they were. So I just dusted off the ashes <laughs> and popped them right perfect. in. They were just as good as the day they before. They were perfect. They tasted a little freezer burnt. Turns out cigarette ash tastes like freezer burn. So I've yep. always tasted cigarette ash whenever I eat freezer burn food now. That's funny. But
1: other than that, it wasn't that bad. So, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I thought of uh, maybe a better one to top my other one. So I was at my friend's house, right? Oh, and no. He's uh, oh, man. He's playing games. And I don't, I don't know what I was doing. I was watching or something. Maybe playing guitar, I don't remember. Anyways, uh I had this monster can, right? And you like close it and uh <laughs> like open it up and I take a big old swig and I was like, That tastes really funny. I don't know I don't know what that was. And then I take another swig and I'm like, Why does that taste weird? And I, I said something out loud. Uh and then my friend turns around and looks and he's like, Wait, no, you did you just get that from here? And I was like, uh yeah. And then I saw my monster can where I had set it and I realized I grabbed his and he was using his as the spit can for his tobacco. Oh. And I was like, oh, oh man. man, I was like, just don't, just don't think about it. Just don't like, I'll just let this moment pass. Just let it go. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but he, he freaked out more than I did. And I was like, nope, it's fine. It's fine. It's <laughs> fine. Just it we'll w- never speak of this uh, again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it'll be fine. Don't tell the elf.
0: All right, for base events, I don't, I don't even know. Is there anything new going on since yesterday?
2: Well, I don't know what you announced yesterday because I wasn't here. Lim- but we, we are you. hosting uh, <laughs> a camp for teenagers called
0: Thunder Camp. We didn't announce that one yesterday because it was still up in the air as of yesterday, but
2: and that's happening here the last week Thunder of Camp. June, first week of July somewhere. We'll give are. you the whole seat, but you only need the age. And I think you can just Google Thunder Camp, and it's put on by some awesome people at Harvest Sound, come on, Nashville slash Foundry
0: um, Church, right? That's sure. <laughs> they have, exactly.
2: like, 17 names, so... Okay. Uh, but like they're, City like, Bangkok. we do ministry with them. They're amazing. And so they're coming up, and we're joining in with them and hosting that camp here. It's uh teenage art, arts camp music um, going after just a n- renaissance within Christianity, Type a new renaissance. Thing. Mixed with Holy Spirit Jam Time. Come on.
0: I'm sure they would have a different
2: description, but that's
0: mine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a musician, so they're like, we need creative musician volunteers. And I'm like, I'll be back here. (laughs) Well, you love young people, so. I do love young people very much. Shout out to my youth group back home. Miss you guys, if any of you are listening. (laughs) Please listen. (laughs) Please. (laughs) (laughs) I'm desperate. Uh, Yeah, so that's happening. Um, DTSs are still happening. Oh, yes. We have uh, one starting this fall. Woo! September
2: 20th. I'm going to be leading this Yeah, why don't you tell us about it, Mr. Leader? (laughs) Well, um... It's kind of been, you know, funny with this whole season of COVID-19 happening and, you know, just like what's happening in the future of all together in life. Yeah. Yeah. So it's taken us a little while, I think, to get our bearings. Not that we ever really questioned whether we were going to have it. It It's kind of just like we're questioning who's supposed to lead it because the typical person that we would want to lead it is like kind of in a stage where they're like, I'm not sure I should lead this next one. Something just is telling me maybe it's the Lord, maybe not, that I should just have another season where I'm not leading it. And so that kind of lent itself to us praying about a different type of leadership. And so I'm actually leading it. And so I'm the base director, and so I'm going to jump into leading DTS. Schools are one of my favorite things on the planet, so that's an it's absolutely like easy thing for me to say yes to. Yeah. Although <laughs> it means a lot of time consumption and maybe like um, shirking some of my other duties to do it, but I absolutely love it. So shirk away, I will. <laughs> and um, <laughs> what I feel God doing in this next DTS is that I think I'm going to call it a worship and revival DTS. Oh come on! Wow, those are going to be the two that emphases. And so, um, we're gonna, because I normally lead the school of worship, and so that's kind of the flavor that I just move with. And awakening is something that we've already talked about in previous co- podcast episodes. But like, those are the things that I I live for is revival, and I love Jesus, so therefore worship. So those that's gonna be what it's all about. Come on, plus yeah. your normal like just foundational discipleship stuff so
0: i'm excited right on well there you have it an announcement from the man himself and then actually our other (laughs) dts leaders here so there's another discipleship training school starting march 28th oh yeah
1: so that's uh also gonna have a revival flavor for sure because that's just what my wife and i are like all about these days and just seeing people come alive and just fully step into the dream that God has for them. And so come prepared to go after Jesus. Or like we were talking about earlier, you'll probably be pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> you know? So so if like, you
2: want
0: discomfort in
2: Jesus.
1: So if you want growth, bring yeah, it on.
2: There you go. That's what So that maybe is. that'll be the direction of our schools in general is worship and revival DTSs. That's what we do.
1: Come on. Come on. Yeah, I was going to say and worship because worship such a foundational thing that i love to do so like yeah i feel like you can't not yeah and then
0: i'll be here probably involved in one cody will schools. be staffing one or both of them yeah <laughs> only single male Woo! <laughs> good times <laughs> so yeah and then yeah last episode we invited you to come and participate in lots of different ways So, if you want to reach out to us about coming on staff, doing a school, bringing your youth group or other ministry partnership of some kind, or just visiting, you can definitely do that. Just reach out to us. We'll hook you up. Yep. So, yeah, you can email us again at info at org. Hi. And, uh, that's right. There's done gonna be about
2: it. I just can't wait for the closing song tune. Oh, (laughs) it's a song? Oh, that
0: song.
1: Yeah. I got a (laughs) goat. I punched it in the throat. Then it stepped on a
0: toe. I said I do. What did I do Let me tell you I went to the store And I got me a bag of bread And I brought it home Made some casserole Why you making casserole out of bread I don't know The end <laughs> Cut it Cut
2: it <laughs> Cut it before it gets to two and a half hours Quick Bye Felicia <laughs> Three, two, one Wow I Bye.